Welcome to Working Gratitude, Real People, Real Gratitude at Work, with your host, Darren Hollingsworth, Chief Gratitude and Accountability Officer at Odonata Coaching and Consulting. The Working Gratitude podcast was launched in 2012 to stimulate dialogue and conversation about research-based best practices of gratitude in the workplace and ways that gratefulness is expressed via philanthropy. These brief interviews with successful leaders from a variety of professional environments will encourage and inspire you and give you ideas about how you can start working gratitude. Thank you for listening to Working Gratitude. Now here's your host, Darren Hollingsworth. Hello and welcome to Working Gratitude. I'm Darren Hollingsworth. Thank you for joining us. My guest today is Scott Fountain. Scott serves as Senior Vice President and Chief Development Officer for the Baptist Memorial Healthcare Corporation based in Memphis, Tennessee. Baptist is one of the largest faith-based nonprofit hospital systems in the nation with 21 hospitals and 18,500 employees in Tennessee, Mississippi, and Arkansas. He oversees the $500 million Baptist Memorial Healthcare Foundation and is responsible for the Division of Corporate Communications for the Baptist Corporation. A graduate of Iowa State University before joining Baptist in 19 19- Ninety-four. Scott served as Vice Chancellor for Development at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center. Outside of work, he serves on several boards. He currently serves as Chairman of the Board for United Way of the Mid-South. Previously, Scott served on the boards of Memphis Brooks Museum of Art, the Dixon Gallery and Gardens, the PICAP Alpha Foundation, and he was Chair of the Emerge Memphis Board of Directors. Scott has been a colleague, mentor, and friend of mine for over 20 years, and I'm extremely grateful for his longtime friendship, encouragement, and inspiration. Scott, thank you for joining me today to talk about working gratitude. Hello, Darren. It's great to be here. Thank you. You've done a lot in your life and career, and I tried to capture that in my introduction. Is there anything else that that you want to share with our listeners about great things that are happening for you at work or in the community before we dive into this conversation? No, it's just interesting to hear that introduction and realize... um, how much time has passed, <laughs> and I, I'll be soon marking my 25th anniversary here at Baptist, and wow, it's just hard hard to imagine. And uh, having known you for 20 of those years has been uh, a gift and a pleasure as well. Oh, thanks, Scott. Well, great. Well, I I dive into this conversation with people from a variety of professional backgrounds, and I've been excited to talk with you about it. And I I quite simply just ask the first question: Is what are you grateful for at work today? You know, that's interesting. Uh, I've thought about the, the question um, in probably a more global context. You know, I don't know that I look at gratefulness uh, on a day-to-day basis and really compartmentalize it as much as I do looking at you know, a bigger picture, what am I grateful for? And I'd have to say uh, probably first and foremost is working with in collaboration with a great team of people that I really enjoy uh, to improve uh, life for others. Uh, through healthcare, quality healthcare, you know, just being able to work in an environment where you respect and enjoy your colleagues um, is is the number one motivating factor for me. Um, even though we're in a very serious business of, of healthcare, um, enjoying the camaraderie and the and the friendship and the and the fun that you have, um, it helps dissipate help helps the the, the the intensity of what we do um, 
which is is critical because it's it, it easily burn us all out if we if we didn't have each other to relieve pressure you know through laughter and and just a sense of of family and fellowship. I hear from other guests and other people that I talk with about gratitude at work, that spirit of collaboration is definitely a theme that you see that comes through when people start taking inventory of their gratitude. So that's really wonderful to hear. You've also alluded to um, a challenge. I don't know if it's the challenge you want to talk about today, but a challenge of when you're in a very serious business that can have outcomes that you may not be able to be grateful for. Can you uh, talk to us about something, a challenge you've faced at work or in your career, maybe not specific to Baptist, but just anything that you've faced as a challenge that you can now look at with more of a lens of gratitude? You know, it's interesting being, again, in healthcare and seeing patients, for the most part, at their most vulnerable uh, point in their life, um, you know, people don't come to the hospital for happy experiences other than perhaps the birth of a child, um, and that's just a small part of what we do. Um, but seeing people, you know, really challenged um, with serious health issues, you know, that makes me constantly mindful of the importance of of good health, and and I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for good health. Um, Having had a, a parent die at a young age and uh, a victim of, of cancer, my, my father, and watching him go through that process and realizing, you know, how, how difficult it was and uh, just, you know, immeasurable pain and suffering, and then getting through the other side of it, you know, there was a sense of of gratitude that. Um, this is life. This is a life uh, circle, and the, the dread and the fear of losing my father, you know, at, at a young age. Because you know, I always had this dread. Uh, he's, a, he's a big guy, and always worried he's going to just have a heart attack and die when I was in high school and those kinds of things. And when when we really were faced with it, it, turned out it was cancer. And watching the the death process and coming to the other side, it was. Um, an odd sense of gratitude that I had an understanding of the life cycle and, and just really how natural all that really is. And I was able to experience that as a young adult. And that translates into the work I do now. I see you know, we have a lot of patients who don't have good news. They don't have good outcomes. We have a hospice house uh, that I visit regularly. And it's an absolutely beautiful facility. Um, and every one of those patients... Um, you know, is, is not going not to leave alive. Uh, but we bring them through the front door in their hospital bed or uh, wheelchair or if they're ambulatory. They come in the front door just as if they're coming to the front door of their home. Mm. And being able to see, you know, that kind of um, passing with the family and with loved ones and, and being surrounded by love and, and just honoring that individual's life again it reminds me of the of the circle of life and how natural all of this is. This is something none of us are going to escape at some point. Um, and just being mindful of that, I think, helps make me more grateful for every day, and especially for the gift of good health. And that's I, I'm such an advocate for that. And, um, and I knew that you would be so 
wonderful in this conversation, and you've really articulated something uh, both in your statement of, of the simplicity of, of gratefulness for good health, but in going through a tragedy like the loss of a parent, and you and I share some of that experience of having lost our fathers uh, earlier in our lives than most, it, it has prepared us, and it does. And when you can look back at an event like that with this lens of gratitude and then bring that forward into what has obviously become your life's work and your passion, um, it really informs your work and, and I think, and the research shows that by taking a glimpse at this from this perspective of gratitude, um, it, it can push you forward. And it, in fact, does push you forward. And I've seen that in your life and work. And I'm very grateful for what you bring to the community and to Memphis. And in that regard, I wanted to uh, explore with you because you're in a nonprofit environment, you are constantly in a conversation around philanthropy and giving back. But for you personally, can you elaborate for our listeners on how a sense of gratitude and this this overarching sense of gratitude that you mentioned earlier, how that um, comes to you in your sense of community impact? Um, and again, now I'm shifting a little bit from work and want to talk about how you uh, express your gratitude uh, with your sense of personal philanthropy. Well, I think that's uh, it, it. All goes hand in hand. I think you know because I have a unique perspective of the needs of the community, particularly as it relates to health. Um, it's easy to um, to relate to those that are challenged, um, you know, and and to be especially grateful that you're not one of those that does not have health insurance and does not have you know good health and the resources uh, for good care, and so. You know, trying to bridge that gap on a daily basis is one of my responsibilities. And um, in, a, in a city like Memphis that struggles with a uh, high poverty rate, I mean, it's, uh, it's almost an insatiable appetite that we have in, this, in the community um, and for need, uh, particularly uh, education, you know, poverty, um, you know, it all, it's, it's all linked to um, quality of life and health um, you know, with chronic disease. Um, yeah, it can be overwhelming. You know, it's almost you know, trying to, to to pull a lot of people that are you know drowning onto your 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 raft, and there's only so much you can do before everyone's in peril. So trying to to compartmentalize it and do what you can, you know, and you know at a at a grassroots level is. Is satisfying, and I, th I think you've got to do that, or you can become overwhelmed and be pulled under. And I think a lot of people, particularly in communities like ours, uh, tend to just throw up their hands because they just think that they can't make a difference. And you know, fo focusing on individuals uh, as opposed to a population as a whole has been helpful for me. And mm. you know, examples would be you know, helping a family navigate you know, through you know, a complex health health system when you know they have you know, very low education levels, you know, third grade reading level. And, you know, you, you ask a simple question like, is the, has the neurologist been by to see you? And they don't know what a neurologist is. Right. So you, you explain, you know, has a doctor been to see you? You know, it, even though I'm far from a clinician, you learn how to start diagnosing uh, patients <laughs> because you ask, you know, you don't say cardiology, you don't say neurology, you don't see orthopedics, you say, you know, does your 
is your chest hurt? Does you are you having is it a broken bone or something like that? And you can help get them to the to the right care. And it, it's you know to see the terror on their face that when they just don't know where to turn, you know, and being able to help that individual navigate and that family navigate. And you know, there are times when I've come out of the hospital and you see a family just you know, totally distraught, just that they've obviously received some terrible news or they've lost a loved one and they're trying to get to the parking lot and you stop them and you, you, you have compassion and empathy and you, you, you know, complete strangers, but you relate to them, but you're trying to stop them from getting in a car and driving in that emotional state and getting them to calm down to the point where you can direct them to your pastoral care department or to a social worker that can help them navigate the, the grieving process. You know, one of the unique things that we have at Baptist that um, is one of the few in the country is we have uh, a dedicated bereavement center. Uh, actually, we have three of them now where uh, families uh, who have experienced loss can come for free counseling from licensed counselors who are specialized in, in, in grief and, and bereavement. And I, I get very close to some of these families. And some of their stories are just unfathomable. Um, you know, we're working with a young family right now that have uh, three daughters. And uh, they lost the first daughter about a little over a year ago to a rare neurological disease. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, uh, their youngest daughter has now been diagnosed with the same genetic disorder. And she is um, uh, terminal. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying, you, know, you just can't even imagine that, that the enormity of that kind of struggle. But being able to, to help them maneuver, you know, the complex health system, getting the, uh, working with their insurance company to help you know, get approval for the experimental drug for the for the child, um, connecting them with um, other families that are in similar circumstances, so that they can at least have some hope that they will get through this this horrible horrible time in their lives. And being able to be a part of that, you know, is you know I feel guilty because I get such um, immense satisfaction from that. You know, that's it's almost selfish because I'm I. You know, I had this conversation, Scott, and I, not to, uh, sorry to interrupt you there, but I had this conversation with another uh, colleague who's very engaged in the gratitude research and the conversation that we we do that self examination of when we feel gratitude for circumstances that we're able to help with or that we see that we can be relieving for. Um, are we are we coming at that from a selfish place or from a, a genuinely grateful place? And what the research says that it's and and what life says really is that it's okay to have both. You you can you can balance your uh, dedicated professional life. You can blend. And what you have done very successfully is you have blended a professionalism as a solid fundraiser, administrator, communicator with that compassion that I hear in your voice for that family that is struggling right now and all those countless families that you and Baptist Memorial Healthcare have helped over the years. But today I wanted to give listeners a just inside insight to a leader in a community. So thank you for joining me today, Scott. What website can people learn more about Baptist Memorial Healthcare? Uh, what is the website that you would direct people uh, to? Our website is uh, Baptist Online, one word. Uh, baptistonline.org. Great. And you can learn all about uh, our bereavement center and all of our other uh, initiatives that we have across the three-state uh, region. And, um, and Darren, I'm grateful for you and for our friendship. And um, uh, you were a, 
a, a great colleague at Baptist, and we're so glad to have you uh, back in the Mid-South. Well, thanks very much. I want to thank our listeners for joining us today on Working Gratitude. And for more episodes of Working Gratitude, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or visit workinggratitude.com. I'm Darren Hollingsworth. Thank you again for listening to Working Gratitude. Darren Hollingsworth has had a thriving career as a financial advisor, sales professional, senior fundraising professional, and nonprofit executive. Now, via business, success, and philanthropy coaching, Darren is passionate about helping successful executives realize and exceed their personal and professional potential. He helps business and nonprofit leaders find and confirm their passion, their inspiration, and motivation. This is accomplished through collaborative work based on gratitude, experience, encouragement, and accountability. As Darren says, surviving is not enough. Thriving is the goal. Additionally, Darren works with businesses, nonprofit organizations, and boards of directors to create new possibilities for transformational customer and donor relationships, organizational strategic visioning and governance, as well as continuity and succession planning. Via collaboration and consulting, Darren engages with clients to empower them to build upon strengths and face challenges with confidence and expertise. To hear more Working Gratitude and for information about Darren Hollingsworth and Odonata Coaching and Consulting, visit our website, odonatacoaching.com, or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Coaching or search wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Working Gratitude. Working Gratitude, copyright Darren Hollingsworth and Odonata Coaching and Consulting, all rights reserved.